trying, like I said, to uh, bring the right kind of people in here, we think, that can build a championship football team. You guys are the most loyal fans in the world, and I know it hurts that we might not be the Oakland Raiders forever, but we are still Raider Nation. I think it's going to be a, uh, get an army coming into uh, Las Vegas. Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. Hey everyone, it's Heidi Fang here along with our Raiders beat writer Michael Gelkin and Adam Hill joining us also as well. And it is time for another edition of the Vegas Nation podcast brought to you by STN Sports Mobile, Stations Casinos. We have got a lot to talk about today from OTAs wrapping up to news with the Raiders Las Vegas Stadium. And we also have an interview that Michael was able to get with Mo Hurst, defensive tackle for the Raiders. So you can always find this podcast online at reviewjournal.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe to Vegas Nation on any platform you find your podcast. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. But first of all, Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing well. OTs just about wrapped up. And then things are going to be accelerating pretty quickly to the quiet period where next week on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, there's mandatory mini camp, And we'll see if... John Gruden has the Raiders do all three days. Sometimes coaches let players out a day early based on good behavior. Uh, and then uh, there's the, the lull from, from then until late August or probably late July when Napa training camp begins. Well, Adam, will you be joining us on any further offseason workout activities? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we are uh, negotiating and uh, figuring <laughs> all those things out right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope to be up there. It was, it was a cool experience being up there with you guys, uh, certainly for at least one of the OTAs. And now, as we, as Michael said, only you know a little bit left, and then training camp heats up, which that's when things get really intense and uh, could be particularly intense this year. We don't know with the uh, you know TV show stuff. Still, we'll still find all that out. But um, yeah, looking forward to you know this like little bit of intensity, and then a lull for the Raiders, as uh, as Michael was saying, and then training camp kicking off late next month. Right on. So we will always bring you all that coverage to ReviewJournal.com. But as we've been getting a closer look with the team and OTAs, we talk here on a Wednesday afternoon. And I got to ask, Michael, who have you been most impressed by at this phase of the offseason? Probably, I I don't want to say Antonio Brown just because everyone knows he's the best player on this team. Uh, But certainly uh, he's one of the first names who comes to mind. Um, I would probably just say him and also, you know, I guess a few of the veteran additions in for agency uh, between Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, who seems each time the media is out there for a seven on seven period, he's catching 50 yard touchdown pass from Derek Carr. And then there are a couple defenders that I think have been real standouts so far this spring. Uh, one is a veteran addition in LaMarcus Joyner, someone who predominantly played safety the past two seasons with the L.A. Rams. He's working mainly, I want to say solely, based on what I've seen, uh, solely at nickel cornerback. And Paul Gunther is real encouraged by what he brings in that respect, uh, not only as someone who's a veteran with speed, who understands coverage concepts, but LaMarcus Joyner, also, as a knack for run fits, you know, to help against a run and then uh, as, as a blitzer off the edge. And so uh, we'll see exactly the impact that he can make. But here in the spring, uh, the Raiders are really encouraged by him. And then there's a rookie in the secondary who is acting like a veteran, and that's Jonathan Abram, uh, the first round pick, number 27 overall selection. He opened the spring seeing work with the second team unit, he was elevated. 
um, for this most recent practice that was available to media on Tuesday. And just the way he's so communicative, you know, making the calls, interacting with teammates. This is a guy who has already earned the respect in this locker room. You know, I don't know what the precedent is for a rookie being a captain. Uh, you know, I don't know the last time that was. I don't know if Derek Carr was a captain in 2014, but uh, it's it's rare. It's rare I'd even be talking about a guy who, who could have a case for it. But in terms of Jonathan Abram and what the Raiders expect out of him starting opposite Carl Joseph, he's having that type of spring where people are really excited about what he'll be able to do as an immediate contributor in 2019. That's something that we've been talking about since the draft, that the Raiders went after players with character, people who could step up to the plate, and they're going to need that with this very young defensive unit. I know that you had the opportunity to meet with Paul Gunther during the press conference opportunities on Tuesday, Michael, and he had said something along the lines of last year was definitely his hardest when it came to coaching a defensive unit. And this year, being his second one, he's got players now that he's been able to mold in some sense. What for him is the, I guess, uh, upside of having the opportunity to work with some of these young players and be able to mold them? Well, in general, it's easier year two in a system for players than it is year one. And for coaches, that applies as well because and this is something Paul Gunther mentioned on Tuesday you're able to have higher level conversations about the defense you're implementing or you're installing, you know, certain, certain aspects of what's being done here in the spring. You're able to have higher level conversations with players about it because they understand the basics. They're far more advanced into the system than they were this time last year, because of course they've played a full season under it. And so uh, just having that comfort goes a long way. And then when you start talking about guys like, you know, PJ Hall and, and, you know, like you mentioned, we're going to talk to Mohurst Jr. later. Um, you have guys who are just comfortable with being in the NFL as well, where they know what to expect. They understand what a training camp is like and what a regular season schedule looks like and uh, what it feels like on a Monday morning waking up after a Sunday game and uh, just different aspects of how to take care of their body, how to be professional, um, all those things. And so uh, the Raiders uh, probably are going to be defined defensively by what sort of leap their young players are able to make in their development. And uh, ultimately, uh, it's difficult to say just how improved this defense is because we don't really know what those jumps exactly are until we see training camp when players actually put on pads in the preseason and ultimately September 9th for the start of the regular season. Uh, so it's uh, Paul Gunther has reason to be optimistic that the defense is pointing in the right direction, more team speed, more talent, all those things. But uh, is it mature enough in terms of the talent on this team for this defense to be middle of the road, better, you know, whatever that may be uh, that, you know, the jury's still out there. Well, let's go ahead and get into this interview that you had with Mohurst. He's somebody that I think can make huge strides this year. Not that he already hadn't performed well last year, but I just think, like you were mentioning, that being with Gunther and having the opportunity to really understand his role this year may help this defense tremendously. Uh, Michael, what did you and Mo have a chat about? Well, we touched a little bit earlier on a number of things, but uh, certainly what is that, what that dynamic is in that defensive line room, because Mohurst Jr., PJ Hall, Arden Key, 
all defensive linemen who were drafted in 2018 by the Raiders, and all of them played a, a pretty high number of snaps. And certainly in the case of Arden Key and, and even P.J. Hall, you know, playing more than the team would have liked going into the season. But injuries and what have you, Khalil Max trade, uh, things accelerated from a workload standpoint. Uh, you take those three draft picks who've had an offseason now to develop, you add another three draft picks on the defensive line between Cleveland Furl, the number four overall selection, uh, then Max Crosby in the fourth round, and then seventh round pick, Quinton Bell, an athletic converted wide receiver. Uh, that's six. And then if you want to toss in Eddie Vanderdose, the 2017 third round pick, defensive tackle from UCLA, who didn't play at all that season because of a torn ACL. It's, this is a young group. It's a hungry group. And our interview of Mohurst Jr. starts with the question of exactly what is it like right now in that room with all these young guys. It's a position group that's, you know, trying to learn. And I think that's really helpful. Um, and, you know, besides Hank and um, Jelly uh, and Benson, I mean, a lot of guys haven't really, you know, proved themselves on the field yet. Um, a lot of us are still, you know, trying to, you know, get our, you know, get our numbers right and get our technique right and um you know i think there's a lot of hungry guys on our on our team and a lot of guys that you know have to prove themselves this year so there's a lot riding on them um there's definitely you know no set spots right now so you know with that too that just brings competitiveness and um you know makes you work harder it makes you go out there and bring it yeah last season as fast as life can be when you're a rookie in the NFL, it didn't seem like it was too big for you either. Um, you seem to handle it really well. I know a lot of the veterans were impressed with the way that you kind of dealt with the rhythms and ebbs and flow of a first NFL season. For you, that experience, what's the difference year two to year one, and what was your biggest takeaway as a rookie? Uh, just getting that experience, getting out in the field, um, you know, getting to know offensive line a little bit more, getting to know what the offenses are trying to do to you, you know, in comparison to college, it's a little bit different. So, just having that complete understanding of, of what they're trying to do, what, you know, where running back lines up, how I can achieve my alignment, how can I expect what's coming, and you know, kind of know ahead of time sort of what I'm going to get. Um, I think just like increasing your football IQ, increasing the amount of stuff that you can see on the field without um, having to think too much and just play faster. What specifically were you focusing on this offseason? Uh, just uh, speed and strength and trying to focus on flexibility and trying to get uh, loose and, and a stronger core. And, you know, just all around just making myself as, uh, a little bit better than last year. You know, just making those steps, making those strides to you know, be better in every area possible. How helpful is that? So obviously you know your body well, but to work with this, a strength department that knows your body as well, just that relationship and that comfort, uh, how much of that is the driving force in terms of go back to Ann Arbor and continue training there each offseason? Yeah, I mean, it's huge between the strength staff and the medical staff. You know, they have a good idea of, you know, what you've gone through, um, you know, what uh, areas you need to work on and, you know, what's going to help you be as successful as possible for your upcoming season. So uh, I think it was really helpful just to have a baseline and uh, have people that kind of know you and understand you as a player. Yeah. I want to ask you about a couple new additions this offseason. One is the coach, Princeton Buckner. He's a he's a young guy. I think that's part of the reason you know, the coaching staff is so high on him because he seems like he really can connect with the youth in your guys' room. What have been in your early impressions from working under him here in the spring? I mean, he doesn't take any, uh, any BS, so... Um, 
you know, he, what you put on the field is your resume, and, you know, um, it's never personal off the field, but, you know, on the field, he'll, he'll get after you if you're not doing what he's expecting you to do, if you're not uh, not showing him that you want to be there, not showing him that, you know, you want to be successful, you know, he's just not going to take any crap from, from anybody, and that's, that's his mentality, that's him as a person, um, you know, just a really cool coach, uh, always going to give you the truth, and always going to be honest with you so yeah. you, you really respect that when someone's going to be honest with you and you know not really hold back and just tell you how it is so yeah. um you know it's really great to have someone like that in your, in your room yeah like cleland he's a clemson guy yeah um does he uh this his experience as a guy who's been it he's done it like he's he did it in the college level he did it in the nfl level does that just give him more credibility when he's delivering a message to you guys yeah I mean it's different I mean he he, he showed us him playing when he was um, you know when he was in the NFL so uh, you get to see him actually do it. you get to see the strides that he made as a player he'll tell us like he went you know his rookie year he's 315 showed back up for OTAs at 355 and wow. he's struggling with weight so I mean he's just he keeps it real like he's done everything he's been everywhere he's been cut um, he's been a great player he's had a down year um, he's been hurt, you know. He's he's done and uh, he's done basically everything that any of us could ever go through, you know, and some. So uh, he's a great resource, someone that you can talk to, and someone that understands the game inside and out. Uh, last question: I was going to ask you impressions from from Cleveland um, as just, you know number three overall pick, and that's uh, when you're a first round pick. There's a lot of eyes on you, and any rookie, you know, there's uh, there's challenges that come with that first season. How have you seen just him day to day, being in the meeting room with him, being on the practice field with him? What, what caught your eye? Uh, you know, he's just a, a do things right kind of guy. He wants to do everything right. Uh, you know, he's going to be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there. And, um, you know, that's the traits of someone who's ready to be in the NFL and someone who uh, is going to know what he's doing on the field, understands plays, you know, gets mad when he messes up. So. Um, you know, he's definitely uh, a young guy, but, you know, he handles himself like a pro, and uh, you really can respect that as a, as a rookie. That was Mo Hurst, defensive tackle for the Raiders. OTAs wrap up this week up in Alameda for the Raiders. And then again, the mini camp that we discussed happens in Alameda from June 11th until the 13th. And then following that, the team's training camp will take place at the end of July. And as we sit here doing this podcast, I have just received a press release and something that you tweeted about yesterday, Michael, that the Raiders preseason schedule is now set in week three when they take on the Packers. They will be doing this in Winnipeg. Adam, you have some experience uh, with traveling to Winnipeg. Are you looking forward to going to that no, game? Uh, no, uh, that's <laughs> I'll pass. Uh, Winnipeg, listen, Winnipeg is lovely. We found a very nice coffee shop, um, and that's about it. Uh, it's cold even in the summer. Yeah, that, that's I'll pass on that. But listen, it's I, I think good experience. The Raiders, you know, are a team that has to travel internationally, so maybe that helps a little bit to prepare. I have no idea. You're looking for you know something. It's preseason. We know that. Although this is a very important preseason game, it's. You know, the quote-unquote dress rehearsal game, the uh, traditional, you know, the game where you see the starters the most. So we'll, we'll see how um, how that all works out. But the Raiders needed a spot. Uh, the, you know, they had this one open and they wanted to play it. It's, listen, I don't think you take a whole lot of it, but I think you look for what could this represent? It teaches you how to travel internationally, I guess. It's not. It's a little <laughs> different than flying all the way across the ocean, but that's something I suppose you can point to. It's the preseason, though. 
I think last year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, that the Raiders were, I want to say, the second most traveled team on the season, uh, that they had over something like 35,000 miles logged and traveled just during the season, which would mean we did as well. But <laughs> Right. Uh, it's, it's about right when you're, when you're going to London and, yeah, and you're in your West Coast team, those you know, all these teams who play on the West Coast, they tend to have to travel more. And the Raiders travel more than any other team in the NFL this year. And that was before they willingly chose to play in Canada. And so uh, there's there's that. And I think there were some financial aspects to why the Raiders chose to make this pl- plan in terms of going to Canada. Uh, I think they're being paid for it. And then there's also the fact that $500,000 of rent they'll be saving on their stadium lease at that what's now called the Reed Central Coliseum. Uh, so uh, there's some financial aspects to it. And they also wanted not to play two preseason games on their Frankenfield baseball football turf that they share with the uh, Oakland Athletics during the overlap between the Major League Baseball and NFL season. And so uh, that is part of it uh, for the Raiders. And so th- th- there are a number of reasons as to why they did what they did. Have you been to Winnipeg, Michael? I have not. I was um, I was looking at the hotels for it, and they're pretty much only like airport hotels. And I don't know. Oh, I, I got a good a one. City. I got a good one for you. Don't worry about it. We can talk about it off the air. But uh, we had we had one last year that had a water park at the pool area. It was fantastic. Oh. With a slide and everything? Yeah, it was great. It was indoors too, so you don't have to go outside into the cold Winnipeg air. This will be great. We got we got plenty of recommendations for you. So when I was a little kid, we um, this is probably I mean not probably we're getting off topic, but when I was a little kid, we like at times would go on vacation. I think there was like one or two times maybe where like there would be like a water slide at like in like the pool area. And I never went down it enough. And so I think as an adult, I have like this weird thing where like I really want to go down one, but it probably won't be socially acceptable until like I have a child. And so. No, I think yeah. you're okay. Yeah. So I have, I have until August to, 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 for that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll set that up for sure. And we're going to have to get yeah. video for, yeah. for this. You know, I guess video doesn't work on a podcast, but we'll find a way to put it out there. I'll let you borrow my kid, but you know, <laughs> I don't know if there's a height requirement, but he's only like 32 inches tall right now. So it's Canada, it it's Canada though. It just looks fun. Yeah, it's Canada, so it's different measurements. We're fine. Yeah, we're good. We're good. So as we round out the Raiders' preseason schedule, we have Week One versus the Rams, August 10th. Then the August 15th game will take place in Arizona against the Cardinals. Green Bay Packers, Winnipeg. August 22nd, and then the Seahawks uh, Raiders will travel to Seattle for that game to round out the preseason schedule August 29th. And uh, I guess sources say that for this uh, Green Bay Packers game, as we wrap this up, that there's currently a Valor FC game that evening, and work has to be done to move it. But, uh, you know, obviously that's going to happen, or they wouldn't have put this out. Don't make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll be an easy one. Yeah, so uh, as we turn to what's happening here in Las Vegas, Adam, um, I had to bring you here today because we need to talk about what's going on with the Raiders Stadium here. Uh, There's the chance that the possibility that an MLS team, a Major League Soccer team, could come to Vegas and then share the Las Vegas Stadium with UNLV and the Raiders. What is How valid is this talk that we could be seeing a Major League Soccer team here and sharing that stadium? Well, very valid. First of all, you know, for those that are like, wait a minute, I thought MLS was already planning on some sort of a, a project in Vegas. Yeah, it's going through the process right now, actually. Uh, they are 
uh, in the next few minutes, I believe, if we're if the timeline's correct, they're going to be voting Council. on it. Yep. Uh, so that's the project downtown. That is a new Cashman project. We've seen the artist's renderings of it. It's fantastic. But that is a developer that really just wants the land from the city. He'll put an MLS stadium as the focal point of a project, but there'll be casinos and condos and everything else. That's a different project. We learned late last night uh, here at the Review Journal, we reported that the Golden Knights owner, Bill Foley, is also very interested in bringing the MLS to Las Vegas. He wants to do it at the Raider Stadium. He wants to you know, bring a team, put it there, put it in this massive stadium. I don't know how well that works. I know they'll figure out a way to, you know, to black out the top and everything else. Uh, but I think it'll be cool. My thought is, if it's Bill Foley against, you know, out of town developer, I'm thinking Bill <laughs> Foley has some has some power here, not only here in town but in the sports world. Uh, I am guessing the MLS would want to be associated with the Golden Knights and everything that positive that's going on, and the MLS will look at it and say, "You guys know what you're doing in terms of getting people to the games, running an event." Making it, you know, a spectacle that people want to be a part of. I would have to think that that project uh, will, you know, maybe take a little bit of a lead in the race to bring MLS to Las Vegas. So, an interesting development could be certainly MLS to go along with the Raiders and UNLV over at the new stadium. I think it would be very cool. I think there's, you know, a lot of logistics to figure out. And again, you're going to have a team kind of, you know, <laughs> sharing the field and whatever, uh, you know, issues that causes on. Uh, you know, wearing out the the turf a little bit over there, so we'll find out. But yeah, I think it's a very cool story, and and it it could be a very uh, interesting addition to the Raider Stadium. We know there's a lot of dates they're gonna have to fill over there, and uh, this would be a way to start doing that. And I've always wanted MLS here, so that would be cool as well. And an article that Ed Graney and Ben Goats wrote that's on the cover of the Review Journal sports page as of today, Wednesday. It says uh, from Mark Davis that we have 365 days a year to fill in the stadium. We will hopefully be using it for eight regular season dates plus all of our playoff games. So that leaves around 353 games and then you have UNLV football to take into account. So uh, I don't know that as of right now, we can logistically figure how it would all work out. But sharing that stadium, I think, for the Raiders is probably a, a huge deal. But then now we have an announcement yesterday, and Mark Bedane was a part of this, that the Las Vegas Bowl will also have a Pac-12 game against either the Big Ten or SEC starting here in 2020, and that lasts until 2025. So there's another big feature that we're going to have here in Las Vegas with this stadium. So th- that stadium is really going to bring a lot to this town when you look at it. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's going to be different events all the time that are announced. We, we need to get used to this in Las Vegas of having, you know, different really cool events announcing they're coming here. The Final Four will be here. The Super Bowl will be here eventually. All these things are coming. Uh, but that's a good one. I think, uh, and Michael can, can vouch for this too, I think what the Raiders really want is for the national championship game to be here because that makes their scouting easy because we know that that's the game they <laughs> scouted from last year. Right. Yeah, it definitely was. With I think uh, all the Clemson players that they picked up, you can't uh, deny that. Plus, you have Alabama's uh, Josh Jacobs. On the social end of things right now, we talked about it a little, Adam. You touched on it with uh, HBO's Hard Knocks. There's still no actual definite answer as far as who will be on the show. I just looked right now on Twitter as I'm speaking to make sure that I'm not uh, saying anything that's false. But uh, right now the rumor is that the Lions 
are going to be the team, but there's still no official word. No. Yeah. So and, what's and taking the, so long? The Lions actually. <laughs> I, I mean, I my belief is that the you know they're trying to figure out what they can do instead of the Raiders because I think like we've talked about, we feel like they probably want the Raiders next year, but I'm sure there's a lot of the producers that are very much wanting them this year. Uh, so I, I think they're trying to figure out how to go about. Can we do anything this year to avoid having the Raiders so that we can put them on next season? Or do we just go with the Raiders right now because they are the most entertaining and the interesting story? So I think that's the holdup right now. You mentioned the Lions are the big rumor. But the Lions have just uh, said earlier today, actually, Matt Patricia was asked about it. He said, well, it's news to me. Right. Uh, I don't know anything. And the, the team officially came out and said uh, that you know they have not heard anything as far as them being uh, the ones that are in line to be on the show. But I think that is the holdup. I mean, obviously the Raiders would be the best team to be featured, but you just have to also think that next year would be even that much more interesting. So what can they do to, to have something this year instead of having the Raiders on? Yeah, that's uh, the big question. We'll have to wait and see how that one plays out. Maybe they go with uh, Jay Gruden, the Redskins. So <laughs> there's, yeah. still, there's still a possibility. Uh, all right, so that'll do it, though, for us here. We're going to make sure that we keep you up to date with all things Raiders. With the offseason underway, you can keep up with Michael, who covers everything up in the Bay Area for the Raiders for the Review Journal. You can find him online at Gelkin NFL on Twitter. Adam is at Adam Hill LVRJ, and I am at Heidi Fang. Again, the Vegas Nation podcast is brought to you by STN Sports Mobile from Stations Casinos. And you can find all the latest episodes of Vegas Nation on ReviewJournal.com slash podcasts and any other platform you find your podcast. That'll do it for us from here. And again, we'll be back from Alameda soon for the start of the mandatory minicamp. So thank you for listening. <laughs>